Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. My name is Todd Krieger. Uh, What I do is I help couples thrive. We'll be talking about that today. I help couples rekindle passion, which is the basis of what I'm going to be talking about with you. I do also help couples heal from crises such as infidelity. And I also do work with individuals to help them uh, process and heal from trauma so they could have the lives that they uh, deserve to have. Today, we are going to talk about passion and how having a long, hot marriage isn't a myth. It isn't a myth. You know, when I wrote my book, The Long Hot Marriage, and I've said this before, so if you've heard this, I apologize if you've been a long-term listener to me. But when I wrote my book, The Long Hot Marriage, my my brother said to me, oh, The Long Hot Marriage, oh, I didn't know you wrote fairy tales, which was a funny line. But the truth of the matter is, I wrote a nonfiction book. I wrote a nonfiction book that was based on the work I've seen, the couples that have inspired me, that I've worked with and helped over the years, how I saw how the long hot marriage is absolutely possible. Passion and romance is possible. And then also my own marriage, which is now 35 years, what is possible. And so between working with these couples, these thousands and thousands of couples, and, and my own relationship with my wife, I have discovered that there's no question in my mind that there is a way to have a long hot marriage. So in this broadcast, what I share with you is number one, why you want to make it your focus to lift the energy of your partner on a consistent basis. Number two, how to change your chemistry back to the feelings you had when you first met. It's all about knowing how to be romantic, curious, and attentive to your partner, and I'll talk about that. Number three, why being selfish isn't bad like your mother told you uh, when you were a child. She said that, but many people have gotten that message. It actually helps to improve your relationship. And number four, the number way your relationship can become the aphrodisiac that creates more passion for you. So, here's what we want to talk about. Number one, why do you want to make it your focus to lift the energy of your partner on a consistent basis, it's because your partner needs that, as do you. The first thing I want to tell you is that when a mom has a baby, the mom and the dad, their major role is to manage the child's emotions. Their major role is to down-regulate them when they're stressed, to help them calm down. You pick them up, you hold them, you feed them, You burp the child, you change the diaper, whatever the child needs so that the child can calm down. And you also upregulate them when they feel, when they're in a listless mood, a little bored, just sitting there. You might come up to them and talk baby talk to them. You might play with them, laugh with them, spin the wheel so that they see it. And then they look at you and they smile and you smile back and then they smile even greater and you smile even greater. There's this crescendo effect, right? This is what happens between mother and child. 
current cutting-edge couples research says it's the same thing for couples, that the couples that are able to regulate each other's autonomic nervous system on a consistent basis thrive. So we need to learn how to regulate them down and up. In a few of the past videos I've done on Facebook Live, I've talked about, even though I might not have mentioned it this way, regulating down. We regulate down by becoming good listeners, by tuning in, by developing the emotional muscle that it takes to truly listen and to allow the partner to know that I'm a person that you can express your most difficult feelings with. That's very important, down-regulating. But a lot of what I'm talking about here today is about upregulating. How do we upregulate you and how do we allow ourselves to be upregulated by you? Upregulating, like I said with the little child, we, we want to stimulate their aliveness, right? So there's this window of, of um, tolerance or a window of uh, emotional range where we want to be. Like, you know, if we're above this area, we're too stressed. When we're below this area, we're, we're, not, we're not alive enough. And so we want to be able to do that. And to have a long, hot marriage, we actually need to live in that range more. And what I find with couples is they start to sink below that range where they're not alive together and they need to go other places to feel alive. And I do think we should have other places to feel alive, but we also need to feel alive with each other. And so it's very important to make your focus to lift the energy of your partner on a consistent basis. There are many things you could do. I'm not going to go into detail, but just to trigger your thoughts. You know, myself, if I come home and my wife's just there, not necessarily in a down mood or needing me to downregulate her to help, I might come up to her and tell her how beautiful she looks. So I might say, hey, let's dance, right? So I want to upregulate her. I need to do that. It's important. I lift her energy. Look, she's responsible for her own energy too. It's not all about me, but I'm married to this woman. It is my job to regulate her up, to upregulate her, to, to, to help her feel more alive. And it's her job to help me feel more alive in the way that she could do it. You know, I think of the, uh, the book, The Five Love Languages, which a lot of people know about. It's a brilliant, simple book. Uh, and uh, it's my it's my second favorite book. My first favorite is mine, The Long Hot Marriage, right? Uncouples. The second favorite is that one. I have a bunch of them, actually, but it's such a simple thing. But basically what we're saying in the five love languages, you got to learn to speak your partner's love language, whether it's touch, whether it's quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, and uh, acts of service is the fifth. Why? Because we're basically, when we do that thing, it lifts our partner's energy. That is what romance all really is about. It's uplifting your partner. If I write a love poem to my wife, even if I'm not the greatest poet in the world, isn't that romantic? And it's uplifting her energy. So we need to do that because we can and because we need it, just like babies need it. Number two, how do you change your chemistry back to the feelings you had when you first met? And it is all about knowing how to be romantic, curious, and attentive to your partner, right? So here's the thing. What do I mean by chemistry? We literally have uh, a chemistry of love. And when we first get together, the chemistry 
is about cortisol rising. People accompany that with stress, but it, it is stressful, but it's good stress. Cortisol can, uh, in, the, in the lust stage, as we talk about, can, can be more high. And, um, and then to the romance stage, the romance stage, the first stage is the lust stage. The second is the romance stage. The romance stage is when not only do I lust after you, I like you too, and I just think of you. And at that point, dopamine is high. It's a neurotransmitter that makes us feel alive. Neuropinephrine is up there, makes us feel alive. Um, oxytocin and dopamine, which are the binding hormones, makes us feel alive. Oxytocin and vasopressin is what I meant to say. So we have the dopamine, norepinephrine, oxytocin, and, and, and vasopressin. These are all like chemicals and hormones that make us bond and make us feel like you know, you're special to me, I'm special to you. It's great. And then after a while, then the next stage that it gives way to is the attachment stage. The attachment stage is when serotonin starts to increase and the dopamine and the norepinephrine goes down, oxytocin, vasopressin goes up and down. But the serotonin is kind of calming. It's when we get into this comfortableness with our partner. And that's all very important because we're not having to deal with the fear of loss as much because we're, we kind of are solid in our commitment. But we've lost that dopamine and we've lost that norepinephrine epinephrine, norepinephrine. So we, we lose a little of that aliveness because it, in, the, in the beginning, it was all kind of automatic. We didn't do anything to get the dopamine. It's just what happens. And yet we do need to feel safe and secure, which we have with the serotonin. It takes us a while to feel fully safe, or I won't say fully, but very safe with our partner. Well, I'll say fully safe with our partner. But we also need that adventure which comes so naturally in the beginning. So obviously we need to create that adventure purposely and consciously as time goes on. So we need to not get lazy, not slip into that serotonin comfort. We can visit it. It's very nice. But we also want to create an adventure. We need to introduce risk. That's what we need to do. And so when we introduce risk, we, we, what I mean by that is not the kind of risk where you necessarily have to jump off high buildings with no safety net. I'm just saying risk might be trying something new, not sure how your partner will respond to it. Maybe it's uh, going to be that you share something that maybe is hard for you because it's really more vulnerable than you're used to being. These all add newness. Uh, to the relationship, which creates that same newness that you have when you first started. So when you're creating newness, you're actually allowing dopamine to increase, norepinephrine to increase, and so it can re-stimulate those old feelings back when you were younger. So what that means is that you start to experience the passion. It's not something that just happens like you did in the early part of your relationship. It is something that you have to consciously create through your courage, through your attention, and through your willingness to follow through on your courage and do, do new things, try new things, say new things. Okay, third, 
why being selfish isn't bad like your mother told you when you were a child. It actually helps to improve your relationship. I think it's really important to distinguish between being selfish and being self-absorbed. Being selfish is healthy. Being self-absorbed is not. Self-absorbed is like, I'm not thinking about you. But selfish, the way I terminate, uh, use the terminology of selfish is when you start to look at what is it that I want from my partner? I start to perceive my partner as a source of love as well as a source of pleasure. I start asking the questions, what do I want? For some people, this is quite natural and easy, but for many people, it's not, especially when you enter that attachment stage of the relationship. You get so caught up in your tasks of work, parenting or whatever, that you may not slow down long enough, which I've talked about in the previous videos about the importance of slowing down, but you need to slow down long enough to ask, what do I want from her or him? What would make my heart sing? What would give me pleasure? What would make me feel loved? I need to ask for what I want. I need to take up more space in this relationship. In other words, I'm not crowding out my partner. I'm also going to be very interested in what my partner wants and feels and desires. But what do I want? What is something that I might want? Maybe I'm not sure, but I might want. I'll experiment with this want. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I should ask my partner what he or she wants, in my case, what she wants, and be as curious about her because, you know, the funny thing about being selfish is you become more, as I say, other-ish. When I start to ask about me what I want, of course, and, I, and, and my partner hopefully responds in a way that satisfies me or at least he honors me. Maybe I don't get everything I want, but I see she's interested. What do you think the natural reaction is going to be? I want to do for her. So if I want to, you know, people always say that to give is more important than to receive. I say they're equally important because when I receive, and I only receive sometimes by noticing what I want and asking for it, then I'm more able to give. Of course, when I give, it's, it, things come back to me. But they're very reciprocal and quite equal. So I need to ask. The other thing about being more selfish is that my partner is not always going to be tuned into me. You know, sometimes a lot of us expect mind reading to happen, and it doesn't. My partner's not a mind reader. My partner's in her orbit, spinning around in her orbit, and I'm in my orbit, spinning around in my orbit. And so I need to teach my wife how I want to be treated. I need to ask for what I want. It's not going to just happen. And sometimes when I'm asking for what I want, it might be not so easy for her. It might be difficult. Maybe even create some anxiety. That's okay. I could be tuned in and sensitive to her anxiety, but I don't have to avoid asking myself what I want. And by doing that, it challenges her to grow beyond her comfort zone. So it's very important. All kinds of reasons why it's why we should be uh, selfish. And the number way your relationship can become the aphrodisiac, which is number four that I spoke about in the beginning. Uh, that creates more passion for you, well, here it is. It is self-expression. It's related to what I just talked about, which is asking for what you want, but it's overall self-expression. You want to be in a relationship where you can express yourself fully to your partner. doesn't mean you have to say everything you feel, everything that's on your mind at any time. There's a context to things. 
Sometimes people say, should I always be totally open with everything? Of course not. Sometimes you need to show restraint, but you need to feel as if it's a choice. That in your relationship, you can choose to express anything and everything. You could tell your partner when you're angry at him or her, when you're sad, when you're frustrated, as well as when you're thankful, appreciative, when you feel the love, the feel the warmth. You want to express that. You want to be fully expressive with your partner. When you are able to be fully expressive with your partner, it's a turn on. It's an aphrodisiac. Likewise, I want to be able to express myself in areas of my life that don't include my wife and that my wife accepted. I need to express myself in all areas. I like music. I'm in a band. Sometimes practicing in the band, like I'm doing right now, gets in the way of, of things that my wife would like to do. She's got to make room for me, you know, because it's one way I express myself. And because she understands it and doesn't give me a whole lot of grief about it. I get to express myself and, I, and my, my attraction to her increases. It just does. When we're in relationships where we are able to be who we are more and more, it is a relationship. It's relationship magic. It really is. And we can't do that without the other things I've talked about, without having a focus of lifting my partner up energy-wise, without taking some chances and being adventurous and making this an adventurous relationship because that is a relationship where I can express more of who I am. And the third thing, you know, why it's important to be selfish, ask for what I want, think about what I want. This is all about uh, being more of me. And when I'm more of me, I'm more attracted to her. And when I'm more of me, I can allow her to be more of her. And so we have this relationship where our we is very strong because our I, our individuality, increases as well. And you put this all together, what do you have? The long, hot marriage. This is Todd Krieger, Making the World Safe for Love. Thank you for tuning and listening to today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and be sure to visit www.toddkrieger.com for more resources that will help you get the love you want and for back episodes of the show.